Christine, I can't stop eating pizza. Literally, ever since I got my taste back yesterday, all I want is pizza. I pray to God that I get my taste back. Please, yeah. taste gods. Be in my favor. I want taste it back gods. so bad. I know. We need to find the saint of taste. And it's Let me know. And so I can pray to him every single night before bed. Because <laughs> I am slowly it's, it's getting not a taste. Back and saints together which should be a taint it's just the saint of taste okay <laughs> and also covid brain is a real thing yeah my brain so hurt. we're gonna probably struggle getting through this podcast episode today but it's fine because we're back on i'm so excited to be back on christine we took it seemed like a really long time off when in reality was really two and a half weeks but it whenever you do something every week and you put so much time into it not doing it for two and a half weeks it seems like it's been a year forever we almost forgot how to podcast sarah was ready to start talking through her apple airpods which is what we did on the very very first (laughs) podcast where we sounded awful horrible like we were in a cave or something yeah we we can't do that again Okay. Um, dang, we have I, so much to talk about. It's nuts. I hope I don't uh, sound like a band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now it's been one year since Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna's tragic death. Steph Curry is officially the second best three-point shooter of all time. Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers, makes a terrible fourth quarter call. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are headed to the Super Bowl to face Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got lots of tea to spill. We're talking concussions and knockouts and all different types of things, all of that and more on week 17 of It's Sports Sis. So Colby Bryant is the first news topic that we need to talk about. He, on January 26th of 2020. Yes, January 26th, 2020. I will never, ever, ever forget where I was on that day when that happened. I was on my way. Michael and I were on our way back from Charlotte. We were driving from Charlotte to DC and we thought it was all fake news. We were like, there is no way that this is real. Because there was so much fake news surrounding it. Like we knew, like you knew right off the bat that Kobe Bryant died. And it was, I mean, it sent a shockwave throughout the entire world. But I, I I just, there was definite sadness that ran through our household specifically. Um, But there was a lot of fake news around not Kobe specifically, but who was in the helicopter with him. So it started with his whole family, except for Vanessa. Yes. It was like the whole family. And then it was like the entire basketball team. And I'm thinking, how big is this helicopter? And so anyway, it was Kobe Bryant and his daughter's 13 year old daughter, Gianna. um, And they were on a way on their way to a basketball game um, and there were, I think, two other of her um, teammates, teammates and their parents. And their parents, yes. So I think there were like nine people in all that passed away. But Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's wife, came out and said to be respectful on the day that he passed in order to just 
remember his life, right? Is that what you were going to yes. say? I just kind yes. of butted myself no, in there, but thank you. Yes. My brain, his family, um, wanted the world to honor the legendary pair by cel- celebrating their lives. So she kind of left it. It wasn't anything super specific. Everybody was, you know, wondering what are the Lakers going to do and what are all the players going to do? There were some players that came out in their Kobe jerseys, um, yeah. or wore like, um, Kobe specific sneakers, um, during their game, but like nothing crazy, nothing over the top. Vanessa just wanted you to celebrate in, in whatever way that yeah. you wanted to at home. Um, but Travis, my husband did remind me that August 24th, 824 is Mamba day. So Kobe already had this day to celebrate himself, right? That's amazing. And it's his two numbers. So eight and 24. So August 24th. I honestly, personally didn't even know that he had a day already. So yeah. Mama I mean, day. that's amazing. Now we have two days to celebrate Kobe Bryant. Yes. And he, he totally crazy. deserves it. And his daughter. And I know the WNBA, they didn't obviously actually draft Gianna, the, his Kobe Bryant's 13 year old daughter who passed away and their two teammates, but they did like a mock draft and, and draft like all three of those players into the WNBA as like a, like a memory of their lives. All the pictures that came out on the day of his passing and, or excuse me, of their passing. I can't help but think about all the other families too that are affected by it, but the pictures are beautiful and it makes your heart hurt. But while we're celebrating Kobe and Gianna's lives, we also have another NBA celebration in order and that's for Steph Curry. And he is officially the second best three-pointer shooter of all time, Sarah. Yes. The second best. He's almost there and he's probably going to get there. And what makes it even cooler is Reggie Miller, who he surpassed. Reggie Miller was the second best. He is now the third best. Three. I thought it was Ray Allen. Ray Allen is the num- is first. So Ray Allen has the most, okay. and then Steph Curry, and then Reggie Miller. So what what's really cool is Steph Curry, like his favorite NBA player from when he was a kid is Reggie Miller. So it was kind of like a really cool relationship, really fun to see them back and forth on Twitter. Um, And as of the time that I wrote this, he was only 411 three-pointers away from Ray Allen's record, which I know for sure is definitely under the 400 point mark now. Um, He's had a few insane games the last couple of weeks, um, but he is still in that second spot and he is coming for Ray Allen's record. And I do think in the oh, next yeah. couple of years, we will see Steph Curry become the best three-point shooter of all time. And let me remind you, Christine, where's Steph Curry from? Charlotte, North Carolina, baby. Charlotte, North Carolina. He's from the QC. And let's just say he averages around 300 three-pointers per season, right? So that's not that's not hearsay. That's a fact. He yeah. averages around 300 three-pointers per, per season. So statistically, he should be able to beat his record by next season. Yeah. I'm saying that it's going to happen at the end of next season. I definitely think so, too. I definitely think so, too. But while we're talking about records, Christine, somebody who definitely was not breaking any records during the NFC Championship game was Matt LaFleur, who is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And this Ooh. call... And the NFC championship game felt like it was ages ago. It really was only what? I know. Not even two weeks ago. It was like a week and a half ago. I know. It was the NFC championship game. But with just over two minutes left in the game, it was 31 to 23. And 
Who were the Packers playing? They were playing the Bucks. The Packers were playing Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it was fourth and eight on the eight yard line. With only two minutes left in the game. With only two minutes left in the game. They were down by eight points, which is one possession. That is one touchdown, one two point conversion. What is Matt LaFleur's call? Field goal. I know. I, I watched that game and Michael and I were watching it in our living room. And I remember I looked at Michael and I was like, why would he make that call? Why would you make that call? Yeah. After he made that call, they ended up losing. He came out and said, you know, when something doesn't work, you regret it. Yes. Yes, for sure. But so I, I think let's answer your question first, Christine. So why would he do this? I think, you know, you think at the time, okay, head coach, Matt LaFleur, this is dumb. Go for it. Right. It seems obvious. It seems obvious. But what he was thinking is that there's over two minutes left in the game. So, and they had all their timeouts left. So at the two minute mark, the clock stops. You have a free timeout, essentially the two minute warning. And he still had his three timeouts and he trusted his defense to get a stop. So he had complete control over the clock. And in a three down series, his defense was probably hyping up on the sidelines. Like, don't worry, coach, we got you. We're going to get the stop. Well, guess what happened? It didn't happen. They didn't get the stop (laughs) and they ended up losing the game. And so to to Matt LaFleur's point during his press conference of him saying, anytime something doesn't work out, you regret it. You have to, as time has passed, I definitely understand where he was coming from, but like looking back on the decision, obviously he should have gone for it. Obviously right. they should have gone for it with, with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Thank you. I mean, that's my, that's my biggest point. It's like, put the ball in your best player's hand. Your best player is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers had a very high likelihood of being able to get that fourth down. Yes, exactly. And if not, I, I read this wall street journal post that basically said like, here's the statistics as to why, if you are within the 10 yard line and and it's fourth down why you should go for it it's not just the probability of you getting the the touchdown and the extra point but it's also like if you don't then the opposite team is having to be on offense with their backs literally up against their own um end zone and so there's like a much higher probability of getting a safety which you get two points for and you get the ball back and so there's all these reasons as to why he should have gone for it but I do understand what his where his mind was and why he made the decision that he made but all of that shot on real hard real yeah real Real hard real hard but you know because you want to know who did go for it on fourth down who Tom Brady and the Bucks went for it on fourth and four at the end of the first half to score the touchdown going into halftime. And that was the play, in my opinion, that was the game changer. Yes, absolutely. I don't even remember who the receiver was. It was some small little white guy. I want to say <laughs> Cooper Cup. I want to say Cooper Cup, but maybe that's wrong. I'll look into it and let you guys know. But anyway, there was, it was fourth and four and they were like still going still going, like definitely still trying to like advance the the field. Tom Brady was typically whenever you're ahead with four seconds left, you take a knee and you go into the, um, go into the locker room for halftime. But they were like, okay, Tom Brady's got something up his sleeve. We thought, thought, 
that he was just going to, you know, drive the ball down the field. They were going to get a field goal, go up by even more, and it was going to be halftime. But per usual, yes, he throws basically a Hail Mary to a wide open wide receiver with four seconds left in the first half, catches it, touchdown. They go up by, I think it was like 10 points. And that was the dagger. I mean, that was the dagger of, and what really was the like difference maker. But I will say for sports fans everywhere, I mean, this Super Bowl, I think is going to be so good. You got Patrick Mahomes, who's arguably the best quarterback in the league. So to see the GOAT, Tom Brady, go against this up-and-coming star. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I this is not even in our notes at all, but I was watching, of course, sports highlights. I think I saw it on Snapchat. And Tyreek Hill, who is the wide, one of the wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs, said, um, what was one thing that Patrick Mahomes did that was, like, very memorable? And he was like, the one thing that's coming up in my head is when he comes into the huddle and he sounds like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Seen it? And I was like, I was laughing so hard because I've said that so often. Like, it's yes. like that. It's, come on, guys. Everybody get in the huddle. I'm Patrick Mahomes. Let's he, pump everybody up. Let's pump everybody up. Yeah. And so he, I have always thought that, but I'm like, Sarah, you're such a bully. Ever since, you know, we put the thing out about how James Harden was James Harden. People are all like, you have to be extra sensitive. Oh my God. Like the world's so sensitive. And so I was like, I can't be calling Patrick Mahomes, Kermit the Frog. People are going to be the butt out. But since Tyreek Hill did it, it's okay. Like it's yes. He has put the exclamation mark on my own thoughts about Patrick Mahomes voice. And he does definitely <laughs> sound like Kermit the Frog, and it is hysterical. But yes, all of that to say, they are meeting each other in the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game, which was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills, was as exciting as the NFC Championship game was, which was the Packers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The AFC Championship game, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Bills, was unfortunately for all the Bills fans out there like very, very boring. And Mahomes was coming off a concussion. So it was like kind of up in the air about how he was going to be like, I didn't think he was going to be back. And to be completely honest, I don't think he should have been back. Okay. Yes. I mean, if you saw the play um, from the game before where he got concussed, yes, he was extremely disoriented He, I mean, you could see stars in his eyes. I mean, he just was so out of it. And I looked at Michael, I was like, he's concussed. He's out for the rest of the game and he's not going to be back. However, five days later, here he is playing in the Bills game. I mean, what is, what are the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes really? Right. Okay. So I am, I love this podcast for this reason, because it made me like, it was a little sus. It was a little suspect that he was back in five days. right? Right. So it made me really look into what the concussion protocol is because I was like, okay, is how can he be back from a brain injury in five days? Correct. Exactly. How did this happen? So, um, as boring as this is, basically there is a five phase process for the concussion protocol. Number one, they can have symptom limited activity. Number two is aerobic exercise and team meetings. Number three is football specific exercises. Number four is club-based non-contact training. Number five is full football participation and clearance. And so, and then at the end of that, they have to get cleared not only by the team doctor, but also a third party neurologist. 
So, so how do they clear? I mean, like, what what kind of protocol is it to clear them? What they you just have them recite as ABCs? Do they do like an MRI? Do they look at their brain? Like, how do I'm, they know that they're good in five days? I'm sure there's all different types of MRIs in between these different phases for like yeah. the five part like concussion protocol, but the NFL does have a head, neck and spine committee and they established the committee in 2011, just around like the whole head injury. You know, there's been a lot of drama around it and CTE, yeah. um, and just, you know, long-term effects of the, all of these concussions that these NFL players, um, have had time after time after time. And so it's kind of shocking to your point earlier that he is, Concussed on Sunday, which was very blatantly concussed January 17th. Yes. And then was cleared exactly five days later. So it it is so crazy. And then, you know, I was thinking (laughs) about it and I was like, okay, so there's this third party doctor that has to sign off on the concussion or the lack of concussion or whatever. Right. Right. So the third party neurologist. I mean, obviously the team. So this is somebody, this is a neurologist who doesn't work for the team. This is just somebody who doesn't have any relationship, right? He's unbiased. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's apparently unbiased, but. Apparently. Apparently he's unbiased. But (laughs) here's the thing. If a, the team doctor who you would assume, I mean, would be, you know, unbiased a hundred percent, but unfortunately sometimes they might be a little bit biased. This third party, you would again hope they would just be naturally, professionally unbiased. But even a third party neurologist, Christine, guess where they live? Kansas yeah, City. Exactly. Do you think a third party neurologist would be as flexible or as willing and eager to be like, yes, Patrick Mahomes is concussion free if he went and saw a neurologist in Buffalo? I'm just so like, you know, okay. So this third party neurologist is like, they're still going to be biased, if not even more biased than the team doctor would be if they're fans of Kansas city sports. Exactly. So anyway, all of that to say, Patrick Mahomes kicked all of the rear end. I mean, yes, he had a, yeah, he did. He came out guns ablaze and still sounding like Kermit the frog, but he played an amazing game. It was a very boring game. It was, I fell asleep during it. It was so boring. And I woke up and I was like, to no surprise, the Chiefs won. Duh. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I definitely think it is a little suspect of the team in general because he was concussed like a week prior. Yeah. I mean, this, this is our brain that we're talking about people. It's not just like an injury, which he's also dealing with turf toe on his big toe, which apparently is really, really painful. So he was, he's dealing with that now too, but we shouldn't be downplaying concussions. They're a big deal. Your brain is involved. It's not something you want to mess around with, but yes, yes, but speaking sure. of concussions and getting knocked out, Sarah, I'm pretty sure Connor McGregor also has a concussion after getting knocked out. It was two weekends ago, I believe. And he, cause he lost to Dustin Poirier, <laughs> Poirier, Poirier. Nobody had ever really heard Poirier? of him before. Um, but yeah, I mean, he got knocked the F out in yes, the second round. Yes, he did. And I, I, I think we tried to buy it when we were in the mountains together. We did. Yeah. I don't really know and what happened I, with that. And then it, we just didn't buy it. We I forgot. think 
they showed they show you all the fights up until like the main fight and then they're like in order to get the fight you've got to pay blah blah blah, blah. and everybody yeah, something was like, ridiculous like for it everybody was like nope 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 cool we're all going to bed we'll find, we'll find out who won <laughs> in the morning and thankfully we did not pay for it because it was not very climatic let's just say that I mean it, it yeah, I, yeah. I mean I just watched some of the highlights and it was just like all right round one Connor was definitely getting his rear end kicked and then round two he went down KO moving on the thing with the men's fighting is that they don't actually hate each other. Like the women's fighting, they freaking hate each other. So it's so much more entertaining to watch. Mainly because they give you backstories on both women. Like they give yeah. you backstories on both men, but you can tell that they respect each other. The women, when they're fighting each other, it's like in order to like beat this bitty's butt, you need to think about like, okay, why do I hate this person? And it's like, while they're preparing their bodies like physically for the fight they're mentally preparing themselves for the fight too and just like doing all this research about the other person and And what they hate about them yes and they (laughs) really do hate each other they really do hate each other so it's definitely a little bit more dramatic to watch the women fight for sure yeah I I would pay I I would pay a lot more money to watch the women fight than than the men just yeah. because of the the inner hatred. You can see yeah. right in their eyes. They're ready to freaking kill. So much more drama than like, yeah, the men's fight. But speaking of drama, Christine, we can't wrap this week up without spilling just a little bit of tea from the last two weeks. And let's start with Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler. Yeah, are they back together or are they okay. not back together? I know right. they're co-parenting, but what's the deal? Yes, so nobody really knows. So, okay. okay. I'm, I'm so not the only one. Why are we talking about this? So Jay Cutler was the quarterback in the NFL for 12 years. He was mainly in Chicago, but this is our way of spilling the tea because it's it's basically sports related, but yeah, not really. I mean, he was in the NFL for a while. He's been retired for a minute though. So anyway, Jay marries Kristen Cavallari from the Hills. Kristen from, yes, the Hills, you know her. She also has Uncommon James in um outside of nashville in the gulch yes which is an amazing clothing line she's beautiful they have three kids together they get divorced in 2020 and start dating other people insert madison Lacroix. i don't think that's how you say her name but her last name is spelled exactly like the The water so i think i think that's how you say it okay well maybe her family is the LaCroix family and she that's why she's a gajillionaire and is on Bravo no, she's on Southern Charm yeah and you already know I watch Southern Charm okay I love <laughs> it the, actually the reunion is on tonight and they keep talking about Jay Cutler and I'm just like on the TV like what's gonna happen oh really okay so here's the thing I watched a few a few weeks ago I was watching the show and then after the show they always have the Andy Cohen live after the yeah. show So um, this is whenever rumors were kind of going around. So Madison was dating a guy named Austin for a long time. They broke up. Madison obviously goes a little nuts, even though she's the one that broke up with him um, and finds out that Austin was hanging out with Kristen Cavallari in Nashville. It's a little, it's a little weirdly connected. What? So, So Andy Cohen's like, were you mad about it? You know, I've been hearing rumors about you and Jay Cutler. Is this true? And she goes, I don't kiss and tell. Fast forward a week and a half, whenever they post those pictures, then she just, 
uploads their all their conversations, a picture of her and Jay together talking about how they slept together. Right, and but here's the thing. The text messages were so vague. Like they were not- You can tell she deleted a lot of them. There were not, yeah. I mean, it was like, okay, so what do these text messages really say, right? So she keeps calling them receipts. She's gonna upload all of her, her receipts. receipts, all of her receipts from their relationship. And I was reading them and I'm just like, okay, like he flew out to see you, y'all banged. He came home, like, it was just like, all right. right. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I don't wanna say it's not that big of a deal, but like, I thought it was gonna be a lot juicier. Let's just put it that way. Right. So, uh, but I also would never want to cross Kristen Cavallari personally. Um, but here's the thing. Madison LaCroix is, is a very like similar kind of woman to Kristen Cavallari. She's very alpha. She always has to have the last word. So see, I would love to see a fight between Kristen Cavallari and Madison LaCroix. Rewind back to our <laughs> MMA conversation. Let's yes. Put, yes. Let's put Kristen Cavallari up against Madison LaCroix and see what goes down to be a, just a two beautiful blondes just going after each, hate other. each other. They hate each other. I know they do. I know they do. So anyways, fast forward, we, the receipts are uploaded. The world knows about Madison LaCroix. Jay Cutler's just like, can I just live on the farm with my chickens and cows? And <laughs> move and on. Yes. And llamas and move on. Um, Here's the thing, Sarah, she just came out recently and they have, um, she's been, she made a, a comment about talking to some superstar and she was referring to A-Rod now. So now she's getting in with A-Rod. So now she's about to cross Jennifer Lopez. Okay, that's a really, really bad idea. Wait, I would not Jennifer Lopez and A-Rod are not together anymore? I'm pretty sure they are. I have not heard I'm any rumors about them breaking up. I'm shook. I came up on my Snapchat right before. I haven't even had time to look into it. Oh my gosh. Okay, we'll, we'll look into it. And Christine's going to watch the reunion tonight and we'll update you guys on the story. But anyway, so all of this Madison LaCroix, Jay Cutler stuff happens. I don't know. Kristen Cavallari obviously caught wind of it. She was most likely hooking up with Madison LaCroix's ex-boyfriend. I mean, way yes. intertwined. Big bowl of spaghetti. Anyway, <laughs> they post the same post. So Jay Cutler, Kristen Cavallari are like, all right, we got each other's backs. I don't really know what words were said to who, but they were you like- You can't break 10 years or something. Yes. Okay. So, but like, I'm talking about behind the scenes before this post, right? So they oh, posted yeah. a picture and it was like, the comment was, or the caption was, the world is full of users, 10 years. You can't break that. And it was the exact same picture of Jay and Kristen on Jay's grid on Kristen's grid, it was basically like Madison LaCroix, you can come in and out of Jay's life as much as you want to. This is how I'm reading it. You can come in and out of Jay's life as much as you want to. Fine, he can fly to Charleston and have fun with you for a weekend, but we've been together for 10 years. We have three children together. Yes, we are going our separate ways, but we are still a team. Yeah. Don't come at me. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I got from it too. I was like, this is just their way of saying that she, you know, like you said, she was just a slam piece on the side. They broke up. He was rebounding with her coming in, having sex with Jay Cutler. Good for you, Madison. It's not really a good look. So I think yes. take a couple steps back because nobody even really knows who you are, except for now they know you as the girl who got in between Kristen and Jay. Tried to get in between Kristen Tried and Jay. Tried to get in between them. 
slash text messages that really didn't spill any sort of tea made you look like the bad person and now you're going after A-Rod like I'm sorry honey but no 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 Jenny from the block will come for you he is going to come for you and I'm not gonna feel bad about it for one single second but good luck is all I can say Christine, last but not least, before we get into who you got, we've got to talk courtside Karen. Oh, courtside Karen. I love yes. you. Yes. Okay. So her real name is Juliana Carlos and her and her husband got kicked out of the Lakers Hawks game in Atlanta for yelling at LeBron James. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure Juliana Carlos, his husband was talking to LeBron. And of course, LeBron started talking back because he was, you know getting- what he said? But, so I don't know what Juliana Carlos is. I don't even know what her husband's name is. I literally don't even have it in the notes. But <laughs> let's just say Juliana Carlos is, she says 25. She looks like she's 35. There's and her- literally no way that she's 25. Right. right. And then her husband is definitely at least 55. So yeah. Yeah. there's a large gap there. We're not exactly sure how large of a gap there is, but there's definitely a large gap. She's got the blonde hair. Her lips are voluptuous and beautiful. She's got the huge boobs. And I mean, she's beautiful. Definitely very plastic, but absolutely gorgeous, right? So so, so what did he say? Okay, so the husband is like talking smack to LeBron, whatever. I think I've always said this. LeBron James is like- A big old baby. A big old crybaby. He's a big old crybaby. Every time that there's a a call that's against him, which is very rare because they never call fouls on LeBron James. He's got something to say about it. So cry me a freaking river, LeBron James. Nobody feels bad for you. So Juliana's husband, the older guy, gets up, is talking some smack to LeBron. LeBron calls him some sort of a old steroid head or something. And that's, that's what LeBron, when, wait, he said that to LeBron or LeBron said that to him? LeBron said that to him. Because if you look at him, he's like, he is. He's an over tanned guy who clearly has done steroids at some point in his life. And so- yeah. It's funny that LeBron said that. Um, and that's when Juliana jumps in, right? And that's whenever, like, no, no, no. That wasn't Juliana. That was Karen. That's when Karen stepped in and was like, she went off. I, she did not give a shit if she was talking to LeBron James. Yes. Like, don't speak to my man that way. Yes, exactly. went off on him. So she pulls her mask down, which was a whole nother set of drama. Everybody yes. was talking about how her mask was down, but- she did it because she was like, I'm gonna let this guy know exactly what I'm talking about. And if he can't hear me, he for sure is gonna read my lips. So she pulls her, <laughs> nobody's gonna talk to my husband that way. La, la, la. So they sit down and the refs come over and they kick him out of the game. So it's Juliana, it's courtside Karen, her husband and their two friends who they probably paid $20,000 per seat for those courtside yeah. seats. So 80 grand total and bye-bye. See you later. They got kicked out. Later on, LeBron James said, really nothing. Yeah, his tweet didn't make any sense. But he said- She apologized, um, right? Didn't she apologize? Well, okay. So I think she apologized the next day. Later that night is where LeBron tweeted, courtside Karen is mad, mad. Yeah. (laughs) It was because like right after in the heat of the moment, she got on her Instagram stories and was just like, I just got kicked out of the Atlanta Hawks game and LeBron James is yelling at my husband and la 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 la. And so I think he probably caught wind of it, got on, watched it and was like, this this is crazy. And so that's when he tweeted, it was like a little bit after midnight. So I guess technically the next morning, but he was like courtside Karen is 
mad mad but yes the next day she got that name is there to stay she will be courtside karen forever and ever and ever and now she's gonna be famous yes i know good for her she has over eighty thousand followers on instagram and i'm sure now it's was that before this whole incident i don't know i i just looked it was like a couple days ago and she had over eighty thousand. so i wonder what it's at now probably over a hundred thousand wow good for her Go you courtside, Karen. But for last real. but not least, Christine, we've got one more who you got for this year. I mean, I guess I we're going to have to morph this into like basketball or something. The podcast? No, the um, the who you got segments gonna. Have oh to yeah, yeah. There's gonna be so much. There's gonna be so much basketball coming up. We'll be able yeah. to for sure morph it into the basketball world too, and maybe even hockey one day. Whenever we start to learn more about hockey. We'll oh yes, it. we need to bring somebody on to teach us about hockey because I know absolutely nothing about hockey. Same. I just know that they like to beat the crap out of each other and call and it a sport. Lot of them, yes, and a lot of them <laughs> don't have any teeth because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But for the Super Bowl this weekend, it's going to be the Bucks. Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, and we have to talk. I had this in my notes. I don't know why we didn't talk on it. This is the first time in NFL history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be playing a home game for the Super Bowl. So as you guys might not know, maybe you don't know, but they choose the Super Bowl location like way far in advance. I don't know exactly how long it is in advance, but like there's like, I think we already know where the Super Bowl next year is going to be. So like, you know, like at least a year in advance. So it's not like you can base the location for the Super Bowl after a specific team. You just have to choose the location based off of the stadium. So they chose Tampa Bay was going to be Tampa Bay. Tom Brady decides to go to the Bucks. And yes, this is the very first time in NFL history that a team will be playing at home for the Super Bowl. And of course, it's freaking Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, Tampa Bay. Nice. <laughs> yes. So anyway, all of that to say they are playing the Kansas Kermit the Frog and Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So who you got? <sighs> oh! <laughs> I don't want either one of them to win. Can they both lose? Oh my gosh. I really don't want to see Tom Brady win again. I do think the fact that he just went to another team and is bringing this new team now to the Super Bowl speaks volumes about Tom Brady. Yes. But I just love, I do like Kermit the Frog and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do think they're going to win this one. He's a newer quarterback. He is the up and coming Tom Brady, if not better. He's arguably the best quarterback in the league. He's so much more mobile than Tom Brady. Yeah, agreed. And he, and but that assumes that he stays healthy yes. during the game. If yep. he gets another concussion protocol, or you know he's been battling his turf toe, if he if he hurts his toe. Well, if you hurt his toe, you better freaking play through it because it's the Super Bowl. So I don't care if you have three broken toes, you better play through it. But yes, I think that I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to take this one home. Okay. Uh, nice. Mahomes, he's going to take this. Oh, anyway, see, I did that on purpose. Um, I also, before I make my pick, we need to talk about the weekend because the weekend is the halftime performance. And he spent $7 million of his own money because I guess what they, whatever they gave him was not enough to make the Super Bowl halftime show whatever he wanted it to be. But wow. the talk is not even really about the halftime show. It's about the weekend's face. Have you seen it? It's fake. He did it for a video. Are you sure? Positive. It's already come out that it's fake. Yes. I remember reading about it, but I saw it, Sarah. And the second I saw it, I was like, 
Okay, because he posted two grid posts with this face. Basically, you guys, we'll put it on the story um, just so you can see it. But he went from having this like very like childish looking face. It was very round, very much like mine. And then he, <laughs> well, it just is more round, right? <laughs> like a round, I'm a round face with very, very large cheeks. And then he went and got like, definitely like cheek implants. He got his cheeks all sucked out. He got his nose all done. He got his lips done. I mean, he literally looked like a plastic doll. I'm pretty sure he did it for one of his music videos. I don't know what okay. point he was trying to make. To, to make, yeah. But I, I know that I'm saying this and I'm 98% positive that it was fa fake. It's fake news. And I'm he just, just did it. I'm just, just like so shook because he came out with like all these bandages all over his face and people were like, oh, what happened in the weekend? And it was like, oh, he just got plastic surgery. But did he really get plastic surgery? Is it right. just makeup? I don't know. So I'm really, all of that to say, I'm really watching the halftime show. I mean, I obviously want to see what he spent tens of millions of dollars on, but I yeah. also want to see what his face looks like. And I think it was a little bit of a PR stunt. So we'll have to see what the weekend looks like at the halftime show. But all of that to say, Christine, I agree with you. I, I this is Tom Brady's, is this his 10th Super Bowl? It's something ridiculous. That he's been to. I think this is his 10th Super Bowl. And I think he's won like five or six. He's got a lot of rings. One time he wore yeah. SBs and he looked ridiculous. He had them all over his hands. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's time. I mean, ugh, I don't know. I'm torn. I don't I know. Like I'm, I'm honestly really torn. It's like, it would be kind of cool. And obviously it would make history if he just goes from the Patriots to the Bucks, bring the Bucks to the Super Bowl and win it because that would shut all the haters up that were saying, you know, is it Tom Brady or is it, or is it Bill Belichick? Who's really the, the success behind the Patriots? And obviously it's Tom Brady. Cause you saw the Patriots did with Cam Newton this year. Nothing. They didn't a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, they did nothing. So okay. it's volumes for Tom Brady. I feel like I'm probably going to regret this decision, but I think every time I watch the Bucks, I'm cheering against them. Every time. Me and too. they just continue. They are amazing offensively. Their defensive, their defense makes stops. They continue to get points on the board. It's just consistent amazingness. And I think I'm ready during the big game to cheer for them. So I'm going to choose Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat Patrick Mahomes. Wow. And the City Chiefs. I know. And I've been meaning to look up the line so I can share it with you guys too. But um, that means you have to cheer for them. I'm going to be cheering for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm curious to see who's favored. So I'll look it up yeah. and I'll let you guys know on the Instagram story what the line is. All right. Well, I think that wraps up everything that we needed to talk about in this week's episode of It Sports Sis. So thank you guys for tuning in. We love you and we'll see you next week. Follow us on Instagram, hit that subscribe button. And yes, this is a weird week because we're pushing this live on Saturday, but we will be live on a normal back to regular schedule next week on yes. Thursday. Bye. Love you. Toodaloo.